0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number two of Picking Up Rubber. I am your host, Justin Russo, here to talk all things F1 as we preview the weekend for the eighth round of the Formula One World Championship here in 2022 from Azerbaijan, the Baku Street Circuit. Lots of thoughts to get into, some predictions, and uh, let's just jump right into it. Why are we waiting? So first off, Baku Street Circuit, just over six kilometers long, 3.7 for those on the Imperial System like us darn Americans over here. Uh, 51 lap race should be a pretty fun one it's produced a lot of interesting moments over the years a lot of great races some moments maybe more so to deal with the drivers themselves than the actual track uh, thinking back 2017 Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton Vettel just driving right into Lewis Hamilton because he thought he brake checked him and then the year after 2018 Ricardo and Verstappen just, uh, sore subject for Red Bull fans I know but Both of them out of the race, seemingly blaming each other for the incident and just ending up realizing that they're both at fault for that one and both really stupid for what they did. But we move on here to 2022, and right now we have a really good championship battle between members of two different teams, just like we had last year, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. This time it's Red Bull and Ferrari, obviously, Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, but after what we saw in monaco last race with sergio perez he's not out of this by any mean we are we are very early in this season and he is right there on max verstappen and charles leclerc's heels he could very well find himself fitting into this championship fight pretty soon and I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, Sergio Perez trying to defend his Baku crown. Won the last uh, race at Baku in 2021 after Lewis Hamilton's break magic conundrum. Another interesting moment that this track has produced. And that was after, of course, Max Verstappen's tire failure as well. So a lot had to happen for Sergio Perez to win that race. But it doesn't really matter. You cross the line first, you win the race. Will Buxton style. Um, so looking ahead to this weekend, a lot of... Interesting storylines, and and just thinking right at the top here with Red Bull and Ferrari. All season long, it's been, you know, Red Bull's good on the straights. We know that they have the straight line speed. They're a rocket ship. Ferrari's had the edge in the corners, though, the slow corners. We saw that in Bahrain, Sector 2 in Bahrain, that, you know, the more twisty section, they were able to stay ahead. And then we saw it last weekend, or last race at least, in Monaco, where Ferrari really were on top of Red Bull the entire time, all weekend long. Charles Leclerc just putting in fastest lap after fastest lap in each session. They were on top of them in qualifying, but the strategy just wasn't there for them. It was really not uh, not nothing to do with Charles and Carlos necessarily on the Sunday. Uh, It was more to do with the Ferrari pit wall that could not for the life of them figure out how to maintain and help their drivers win that race. But That's besides the point. So let's let's move on to to Baku. Fresh start for everybody. And I saw an interesting thing today on Twitter that Red Bull is using a floor stay on the floor of their car for this weekend. Now, the floor stay was introduced this year as a kind of an olive tree from F1 to help the porpoising that a lot of teams had been struggling with. They said, you know, hey, you can use this floor stay. It'll help you with the porpoising. It'll make the ride smoother. Just kind of helping teams out a little bit who are really struggling with it, moving forward into the season. Red Bull haven't been using that. They haven't had a lot of porpoising issues. They've been pretty good at being on top of it. They've handled it pretty well. But this weekend, it was spotted on the Red Bull car a floor stay, and what that's going to do is that's going to make them even faster in the straight line on the straights. I mean, their straight line speed is going to go up, which. Obviously they did not really need, they already had the straight line speed advantage over just about everybody on the grid, but that is going to make this really interesting this weekend because I was thinking to myself, you know, wow, you know, who has the edge here in, in Bahrain, or <laughs> in Bahrain, Baku, sounded like, uh, who has the edge here in Baku with Red Bull obviously going to have that edge on that long straight, but there are some twisty sections in the second and third sectors, you think of the castle section You think of the few corners just before that. There's slight, you know, little straights that lead up to them, but a lot of close and tight 90-degree corners that I thought Ferrari would have the advantage in. This floor stay really shows me that Red Bull is committed to dominating on the straights, and I'm kind of leaning them, leaning toward them this weekend to have the edge in pace. I just think that straight is so long. It is just incredibly long that... If you don't get a good exit, and if you don't have good straight-line speed on your car, you are just, you're a dead man in the water. There's nothing you can do. You're just gone. Um, We saw that even last year with Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc. Leclerc on pole position, and by the second lap, Lewis, without DRS, just flew right by him because the straight-line speed of the Mercedes last year was just insane. So you know that if you have enough of an advantage in speed— that you are going to be able to pass necessarily, maybe without even DRS. So if you're Red Bull, you're thinking, okay, we already had that advantage, but we're just going to throw all our eggs in the basket of straight line speed. And that's not a bad basket to throw your eggs into if you're a Red Bull. You know you have the advantage over Ferrari there, and that you're going to be able to at least keep up with them by getting right back to them on that long straight and trying to do your best to hang with them for the rest of the lap if they're indeed ahead, and vice versa if you're Ferrari, you know, you're trying to stay with them in the, the slow corners, even though you're going to get blasted by on the straight. But if you're Red Bull, now with this, you're saying we're just going to c- commit to just straight up dominating on the straights. And if we can put in similar lap times to Ferrari on the in the second and third sectors, that is, then we're just going to blow right by them on that straightaway. And that's just going to be the strategy. And it's going to be really interesting to see some of the speed traps <laughs> we see at the end of that straight this weekend. Because you have to think, too, that At some point, and I'm sure it'll be in Q3, the cars are going to... Red Bull's cars are going to have to give each other a toe, you'd think, too. Saw a little bit of that last year with Max and and Perez, and obviously they're closer in the championship this time around, but I still think that you might see that. Although, with this floor stay, how big of an advantage is that straight-line speed? Is it so much to where they don't need a toe, where they can just kind of run their own qualifying program and not have to worry about that? That would be really interesting to see. It would take a lot. Uh, It it would take a significant advantage for them to not even think about a toe in a track that has such a long straight. But, hey, if they're focusing on it, then uh, you you never know. They might be able to pull it off. And moving forward from the drivers here, I want to focus, or from the teams at least, I want to focus on the drivers a little bit. Sergio Perez wins Monaco last week. I keep saying last week. Man, last race. It just just feels like time is flying. Anyway, (laughs) Sergio Perez win, wins Monaco last race and I think this is probably the best opportunity he's ever had to win back to back and obviously yeah he's only won three races before this hasn't had many opportunities but I think he is just he has looked really good this season and I was looking through some of the qualifying pace yesterday versus him and Max and a lot of these races he's one maybe two tenths down couple races Max has had his number we saw he got pole in Jeddah and a very driver-dependent circuit with close walls street circuit he has really gotten on top of that red bull and it's been really good to see him put the battle to max and And max is up for it don't get me wrong max is a world champion for a reason the dude is ice cold he's not going to shy away from any fight and we see that he's had the best pace on a lot of weekends where sometimes the car isn't with him but i think sergio Perez has a real chance to to win this race and go back to back and really knock down the door and announce himself in this championship fight. And I think it would be awesome to see for him to be able to do that. Of course, he you know, he would not have won that race last year if it weren't for Max's tire tire failure, if it wasn't for the brake magic on Lewis Hamilton's car, but he was still in the mix all weekend. Let's not get this twisted. He was in second place all race essentially while Max was out leading. It's not like he was far behind what we saw, you know, in some other races with him last year where, you know, he would kind of lag behind Max. He was right there. Um, he's had a lot of good results in the past in, in Baku, and if you're an F1 YouTube fan like I am, I'm sure you saw Tomo F1's video, great channel, by the way, if you don't somehow already don't know about him, please go check him out, but had a great video on Sergio Perez's dominance, really, and his strong performances in Baku, and this goes to show he loves this track, man, he is, he's comfortable around this track, and he's finally got a car that can comfortably win around this track, so, I'm really excited to see what he's can be able to do this second year. Now that he's really under the car, you know, last year he was even saying in the first part of the season, it's going to take me five or six races to get used to it. And then boom, I think Baku was the fifth, maybe sixth race and he nailed it. He, he won the race. So everyone was feeling confident back then. But this year he's really been on top of it and he's been right there with Max and it's been really fun to see. I think he's got a legitimate shot at this. And, you know, I what more can you say about Max and Charles too, by the way, it, they have a legitimate shot to win essentially every race that they show up to. If they have a car in working condition and they are healthy and they are racing, they pretty much are the top two favorites to win. And that's just kind of how it was last year with Max and Lewis. It goes without saying that they're going to be the favorites and they should be. They're totally rapid around this track. Charles Leclerc was on pole last year in the Ferrari and I, you know, say what you want again about you know, any red flags or stuff like that. You know, same kind of situation for him in Monaco, where he brings out the red flag and no one can improve. But, hey, he got pole position. I mean, he put in a hell of a lap in Q3 last year in a Ferrari that was the third best car on the grid and maybe at the time the fourth best car behind McLaren, um, you know, early in the season before the Ferrari really got going towards the end. But, I, you know, don't count Charles out. Don't count Max out. When are we going to see Carlos Sainz just finally put together an amazing race. You know, I know, obviously, he had a a good race in Monaco. It was really good to see him on the podium. But, Monaco is Monaco. (laughs) And if you don't make a mistake, it's really hard to get past. I mean, yes, he was there on pace at the end because of the tire advantage. He was there with Perez. But I want to see him on a more normal circuit. You know, Baku is a street circuit, of course. But it it trends toward the more normal side in in terms of circuits. The walls are close, but... It is wide on the straight. It's very long, minute and 40 around that lap time. So, you know, it's a different type of street circuit. And I'd like to see Carlos put in a good performance here. Uh, Obviously, last year, let's try to pull it up here. Carlos was P8 in the Ferrari last year. Charles finished P4. Max had his tire blowout. And then, of course, Perez wins the race. So that's your top four drivers, at least in terms of where they were last year there in Azerbaijan. And... Looking further down the grid here, let's let's try to identify some teams that uh, might have an outside shot, or, or just some teams that are trending upwards. Talked about it in the last episode with Mercedes, and their zero side pod concept, if it, it can pay so much dividends, so many dividends for them, if they can really fine tune this car and get it going, because the drag on that car is going to be very minimal, sp- Definitely less than a lot of other teams. You see big side on the Ferraris and uh, for our Ferrari cars, and then you see, you know, relatively large side paws on the Red Bull, too. But Mercedes, if they can get this figured out, if they can get their porpoising figured out and they get the straight line speed figured out, which, you know, I, I know it sounds like a broken record of everyone's saying, hey, you know, Mercedes is Mercedes. They're going to figure it out at some point. But you just have to think that they are. They're not going to just sit down and throw this title fight away with Lewis Hamilton who honestly has, uh, he, you know, his clock's ticking down. He's an older guy. Uh, There's just no other way to say it. He's performing at an extremely high level. Extremely high level. But father time catches up to everybody, and he's still got time left. I think he could I think he could put in a solid four or five years left. But is his heart in it? You know, it's going to be harder with George coming up. George wanting to win a title. I think George is going to put up a much better fight and already has put up a much better fight than Valtteri ever did. For Lewis, more similar maybe to Nico Rosberg in 2016 and before then. But Mercedes, I think they're going to figure it out. And I think Lewis and George are really going to start getting up in the mix there. Is it this weekend? I don't know. I don't think they're going to have serious upgrades this weekend that are much different than previous races. But as the season goes along, I think they continue to upgrade. And again, this zero side pod concept, getting back to that point now, it has so much potential to rocket them, no pun intended, to the front, of the field. I I think that, and especially on a track like this, I'm interested to really see how it goes. You know, you looked at Lewis Hamilton in Spain. He had the highest speed in the speed trap at the end of the straight in Spain. I'm interested to see how that translates here is do have they improved enough to really make that concept and that theory that they've been working with, with these side pods work because when they first got it put on the car, when they first rolled it out, everyone thought, Oh my God, here we go. Mercedes have done it again. They've just completely put a blinder on everybody else and they've just figured out the best way to design this car. And and it d- didn't turn out to be true, at least so far, it hasn't turned out to be true. But I think they can get it going. And this title fight and, and even Helmut Marco alleged or alleged he alluded to that, saying that, hey, you know, Mercedes it's a scary design that they have. That if they are able to get it going, if they're able to get on top of it we have to watch out because they're going to be right at the front. Their straight line speed is going to be insane, and it's going to be a problem for us to deal with. So other teams are taking note of it. I think fans are starting to take note and realize that Mercedes, they're slightly on the come up. You know, They're getting there. They haven't been amazing in any of the past races this year. George picked up a couple of podiums, but they're trending upward slightly, I'd say, and they're becoming more consistent. And I think that sooner rather than later we're going to see them start to challenge you know maybe kind of what ferrari and mclaren did last year where they you know they'll snag a front row here and there they'll contend for a podium here and there and i think it's going to become more frequent that they start doing that and you're going to see them in the mix there pretty soon so really exciting stuff with mercedes there really would love to have a third team in this title fight i mean i feel spoiled already with what we saw last year with Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton and now what we're already seeing this year with Leclerc and Verstappen, but adding two more drivers and another team to this title fight would just be insane. And, you know, I'm a newer Formula One fan, but, you know, going back and looking at the early 2010s where I think it was 2012, I want to say, seven different drivers won the first seven races of the season. Just absolutely insane. Like, thinking of that today, seven drivers today winning the first seven races. So, I mean, that's every... You think, okay, every Mercedes driver, Red Bull driver, Ferrari driver, and then you throw in a Lando Norris, uh, a Ricardo, a Pierre Gasly, you know, just somebody else. It's just insane to think about. And, you know, since I started watching Formula 1 just a few years ago, it's, it's so funny to see it's the same few names. It was Lewis Hamilton in 2020, and then it was Hamilton and Verstappen, and now it's Verstappen and Leclerc. You know, the car matters so much... And if another team like this year's Mercedes, if they could get the car into a range where they could win races with it, it would just be so fun. It would add such another fun element to the sport. And I think that was the dream. You know, that's the dream. Closer racing and and more teams competing at the front. I don't think it's materialized maybe as well as we'd have hoped. But the racing, I think, is a little better. We saw that in Bahrain. Um, and I think, man man, I would love Mercedes to get up for that. that. That's my point. I just want Mercedes to compete. I want everyone to compete, you know. I I don't want it to be a spec series, but I love IndyCar, and I love how you don't know who's going to win on every any given week. Guys can come from Lord knows where in the field and win. We saw that last week in Detroit, for those who watch IndyCar. I'm not going to go on some huge tangent, but it's it would just be great to see even four or five teams on a weekly basis being able to win races, so... Tangent over. Uh, look for out for Mercedes, the zero side pod concept. Let's see how it plays out here in Bahrain. Man, I keep saying Bahrain. Why have got Bahrain on the brain? Oh man. Now I'm a poet and I didn't know it, but <laughs> so in Baku that is. Um, let's go to one more point I wanted to make here. Saw a lot last year about Sebastian Vettel and how well he likes to race at Baku. Two fourth places, a third and two second places here around the streets of Baku in Azerbaijan. And Man, if that's one guy that you think could sneak up and have a good weekend, it would just have to be Sebastian Vettel, you'd think, right? I Obviously, last year he didn't have a great car. This year he doesn't have a great car. He probably has a worse well, he does have a worse car this year than he did at this time last year. I don't know if I'd expect him to continue that streak of top four finishes. I think that's going to be a lot to ask. We'd have to have another crazy sequence of events that we did last year where, you know, like Hamilton and Verstappen both took themselves out of the points— um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's top six, top seven. He really goes well around this track. The Aston Martin has been terrible this year. There's no way around it, but he and Lance have had some opportunities, and, and they've been able to put that car into some Q3s here and there. Um, You know, even in Monaco, he was top 10, so he you know, did a great job there at putting that car someplace that it probably did, didn't deserve to be, and you look at Monaco and such an intense driver-specific track. How well your drivers go is normally what's going to help you get the most out of the car. So shows that Seb's still on top of it, which is good. And I, I think he's going to have another good weekend here in Baku. No reason to not think that, honestly. Um, just looking at the trends. So excited to see what Seb has for us this weekend. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't think it's going to be anything magical in terms of a top four, but. Yeah, I think it would be fun to get him you know top 6 top 7 maybe sniffing the top 5 and and able to pick up the pieces again if something happens up front if Max and Charles collide or or something happens if there's a mechanical failure. We know the Red Bulls are prone to that this year. So really uh really interested to see that. I also saw that Pirelli is bringing these softest compounds in their range, the C3, the C4, the C5 to this race. Now, for those of you that don't remember, and I touched on it at the beginning there. Last year's race in Baku, we had two tire blowouts that came without warning and just really shocked the two drivers and teams. The first one, Lance Stroll on the front straightaway, left rear, yeah, left rear tire goes out, he's into the wall, out of the race. Second one, Max Verstappen, just five or six laps from the end of the race, a race that he'd been dominating all, all day. His tire blows out. Thankfully, he avoided the pit lane entrance because that was kind of at an angle towards him. That would have been a nasty accident. But his tire blew out. He hits the wall on his right side, and he's out of the race. And the thing with that, you know, we know that these F1 teams have so much data and so much telemetry that they look at during the race. They can usually tell, even if it's not quick enough to, you know, alert the driver or quick enough to do anything about it, they can tell when something's going to happen wrong on the car, or when something has happened wrong on the car. There's usually signs of low pressure or something, you know, in the tire that would allude to a puncture. There was no warning for either of the guys. No warning from Red Bull, no warning for Aston Martin. Tires just went. And it was really interesting, too, because the tires, it wasn't like they were running the tires outside of what Pirelli had recommended. It was... I you know it was a year ago now I can't remember the exact amount of laps they had recommended say it was 40 laps for the hard tire you know the guys were on lap 35 36 and they were within that range and the tires just went and so that was a real that was a real stain on Pirelli's character honestly if you remember back to that time last year there was a lot of questions surrounding Pirelli the tires the safety of the tires you know what how they were making them they were getting a lot of flack last year and rightfully so from the from the outside. That's not a great look when you say, hey, we have these hard tires. They're supposed to go 40 laps, and they go five fewer or six fewer laps, and they were designed to go. So that wasn't good on Pirelli's part. I'm really interested to see if they hold up this time around. You would think that they will. Pirelli sending the softest tire range that they have. I feel like that's an indication on Pirelli's part saying, we know what we did wrong. We've figured it out, and you know we're confident that if we still send the softest tires out that we're going to get the results we want. So hopefully that's kind of a good sign from Pirelli and they're going to be all safe this weekend. That's, of course, first and foremost what we all want is safety of the drivers, which is why there's been so many changes in Formula 1 over recent years. But yeah, I'm really interested to see how those tires hold up. Um, There wasn't really any issues with qualifying or even earlier in the race. It just seemed to be the hard tires for some reason. And who's to say if it could have happened on the medium tires or the soft tires if those tires were or had been chosen to run during the race. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. So moving on from some of the analysis, let's let's go into some predictions here. Prediction time. We all love that. I'm going to give some podium predictions here for this weekend. Uh, Some pole pole position prediction, you know, just some general stuff here we can go over and then uh, you guys can when I post this, roast me for my predictions and on Sunday evening. Tell me how wrong I was and how terrible I am. But starting off here, I I think Sergio Perez is going to win this race. I really do. And I just think he's on a high right now from Monaco. He's feeling really good in that car. He out-qualified Max. He f- finished ahead of Max in the race in Monaco. Let's not think this was some kind of fluke. This wasn't, oh... 10 guys crashed and Sergio Perez won the race. No, no, no. This was, he was there from Friday practice to the end of the race Sunday in the right spot, putting in good lap times, and he deserved to win that race. He was just excellent all weekend long. I think that that's going to carry over to Baku, a track that he's comfortable with, that he's won at before, and I think he picks up his second win in a row and really opens up this championship fight because I think, you know, there's been times in recent years where we have an inkling of one driver, like a Valtteri Bottas, or, or something. Well, I guess mostly Valtteri Bottas, <laughs> but we have these moments where drivers, and it, it will go back twenty seventeen, eighteen, with with Vettel, you know, and and how close he was to Hamilton. Um, these drivers, they have these moments to get close in the championship or try to get in enough to lead the championship even, and sometimes they can achieve it, but it just doesn't sustain itself for the entire year, and I think this is Sergio Perez's moment to really say, hey, I'm in this. You cannot treat me like a second driver anymore. I am in this championship, and I'm going to fight with Max and Charles all the way to the end. I think that Perez, you know, we've all looked at the standings and said, oh, you know, Perez is right there in the championship, which he is, but I think you know, after this race, he's really going to cement himself. He's 15 points behind Max Verstappen right now, only six points behind Charles Leclerc. And remember, Max and Sergio both didn't finish the Bahrain Grand Prix. And obviously Charles has had his issues too with reliability at times, but extremely impressive by Red Bull to have figured out a lot of the reliability issues to allow these guys to finish these races the past few weeks. It's a great job on their part. And Red Bull is firmly in this. And and Perez, I think, has a really good chance. I don't know if he necessarily leads the championship. Uh, He would need quite the margin for that, given that Max is 15 points ahead. So Max would have to finish somewhat low in the top 10. But I think he's got a really good shot to be within five, six, seven points of Max at the end of this race. And I would love to see it. I'm all for it. So that's my P1 finisher. I think Sergio Perez wins the race. I think that Charles Leclerc's going to finish second because Max Verstappen, I think, ha- is going to have the car, but something just tells me that if Max is behind Sergio, I'm just getting PTSD of, of them just moving Sergio out of the way. So in order for my uh, perfect fantasy world prediction to come true, I'm going to say Max is going to be in third behind Charles Leclerc. That way there's a little buffer there, so Red Bull can't you know, do anything shady there and, and move Max ahead. So nothing... I don't think uh, out of the ordinary or extreme in my predictions other than Sergio being first, maybe instead of third. I just think he's really comfortable with this track. And I think Leclerc, obviously also comfortable with the track, had the pole last year, knows how to get around this place. I just don't think he has the car for it um, to to maybe necessarily win. Um, so maybe he finishes third, you know, behind Max. But the, the Red Bulls look good. I, that's my prediction, though. I think Perez, Leclerc and for Verstappen I think Leclerc will do enough to outdrive the car in some capacities and get the most out of it even though he's going to be lacking that straight line speed and I think he's going to really do everything he can to claw back some points that he missed out in Monaco and cut into Max Verstappen's championship lead but you know obviously we reached a point where you could tell me any one of the four <laughs> Ferrari and Red Bull drivers won the race and be like okay cool uh, I- I'd believe you I don't think Sainz is there yet. I just, I don't have a lot of confidence in him to really consistently put the thing on the podium. Would I be surprised if he did? Not at all. Not at all. He's in a Ferrari. He's a good driver. You saw what he did last year and he had just had the podium last race in Monaco. It's not like he's a bad driver. He's just not, hasn't been consistent this year so far. And I don't think that I trust him enough to put him on my podium predictions. And another cool note that I saw floating around, I saw it, uh, I think Tomo mentioned it, WTF1, Uh, threw something up about it too, that since 2016, when Nico Rosberg took pole, took the race win and the fastest lap, it's been a different three drivers that have taken those stats every single race. No same driver has gotten pole, fastest lap and the win. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think we kind of see something similar to that this, this race, you know, just going off my prediction, Sergio Perez, let's, let's say he wins the race. They're there's your, you know, there's your race winner. I think I could see Charles Leclerc being on pole or Max Verstappen being on pole, one of those guys. And Perez kind of doing what he did last year, just hanging around, maybe waiting for a mistake and, and claiming a win. And then the fastest lap, you know, fastest lap is really interesting because it can always be a guy down in six or seven. You know, if Lewis Hamilton's in six with a 30 second gap to seventh, he could, you know, pop on some new soft tires and get the fastest lap with two laps to go. So, I think the fastest lap is probably the easiest one to predict to be different just because of that fact and the fact that it can really be gotten by anyone in the top 10 because of the tire difference at the end of the race. Because, you know, guys that are within a close distance obviously aren't going to pit for softs. Just, you know, they're not going to pit. And since they're in the race, they're trying to win. So um, I think that's the one that's most likely to be different. It's going to be interesting to see if the race win. And the pole position are going to be different. Obviously, the, I'm sure the pole to win conversion, and I obviously we know it isn't that great around here. If it's been different for the past five years, but it it, it doesn't matter that much. It was an easy passing opportunity on that front straight. The I mean, it's really the only passing opportunity, but it's enough if you're within DRS range and you have a straight line speed advantage. It's not a tough pass. It's very wide. You can outbreak the guy into turn one. And you can easily get the move done. So. Pole isn't necessarily the most important, but you do want to be kind of hanging around the front, and, you know, you want to you want to be in the mix. You want to be in the mix. And, of course, with the new cars, you should be able to fall a little easier. A lot of 90-degree turns, two 90-degree lefts to start the race. Actually, three 90-degree lefts to start the race. Uh, and, you know, and then kind of the more twisty section in the middle with the castle section. Just, I think mostly the first sector is going to be the one where they're going to have trouble following. Uh, the second sector is really slow, And I think it's just going to, I don't think the lack of downforce is going to be as pronounced as it would be on some of the higher speed corners in the first and the third sectors. So that's going to be hopefully a better, it's going to be a better recipe for us to have a, a better race with the improved cars this year and being able to follow a little better. And I'm also really interested to see, because they have the two same DRS zones that they've had in previous years, the one on the main straight and then one on the second Straight, essentially, after the first couple of ninety degree left-handers going down that second main straight towards turn three, I'm interested to see how much DRS plays a role in this race because we've saw we're, we've seen this year you still kind of need DRS to pass, and I wonder if these cars are going to still. I wonder. I wonder if there's going to be any non DRS overtakes, kind of like we saw last year with Lewis Hamilton on Charles Leclerc. I wonder if it's going to be that pronounced. Where DRS is needed and it's necessary, and it's just not possible to overtake. You know, I'd like to imagine that that's not the case because the straight is just so long, and you'd hope that over (laughs) it's like the three kilometer long straight that the slipstream effect would be strong enough for them to pass without it. But just another little storyline, another little thing to look at there for the race. And um, yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really good weekend. Uh, Obviously. The track just produces moments, fun moments, no matter what. Even if it, like I said, it's not track-specific. Just crazy stuff happens in Baku for, for whatever reason. And it's also one of those tracks that, you, you know, a lot of fans hate street circuits, and for good reason. You know, there's no passing. It's a procession. But Baku just, it's in its own category. It's a street circuit, yeah, but it's, it's not like any other track on the calendar where... It feels like a real track and a street circuit at the same time. It's really weird. It's The lap time is similar to Spa in the 140s. It's super long. The straight is just insane. It's such a unique feature of any track on the calendar. It's just a, such a fun straight. The castle section's fun. fun. It, it's a really fun and cool track to just watch a race at or watch a race from, I should say. I have never been to Azerbaijan and watched the race, but it's just a cool track to watch fun track to drive if you're a sim racer out there too it's a really fun track to drive even though you think you know oh 90 degree 90 degree it it is fun you know there's a certain rhythm you get into with it and it's fun to just clock in laps around that place especially in the Formula One cars so yeah really excited for this weekend of course as a West Coast U.S. resident this race starts at 4 a.m. for me I I'm sorry to all you out there. I do not think I will be up at 4 in the morning for this race. I love F1. I try to catch every race live. I'm up at 6 a.m. I'm up at 7 a.m. for the races, but whew, 4 a.m. is going to be quite the task for me. So maybe maybe this weekend's one where I, I go back and watch a little later. So I, I hope you can forgive me for that. I saw a lot of people online saying they're ready to miss qualifying for Le Mans too. So 24 hours of Le Mans also going on this weekend, which is understandable. So I, I don't feel too bad in my decision now with people you know, prioritizing Le Mans over <laughs> F1. Not that that's a bad idea anyway. Le Mans is so fun to watch too, the 24-hour t- aspect. I mean, it's classic. Can't beat it. So anyway, uh, I wish you the best. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed my preview. Please, you know, show some love to the podcast if you're listening. Give it a, a like or a rating or whatever you do these days with podcasts. I, I don't really know. <laughs> but show some love on Spotify and And hopefully I'm going to upload this to YouTube as well. So you guys can have a little listen to it there. Maybe get some more engagement there. Show me some love on social media. I'd love to talk F1. Picking up rubber on pretty much every social media. Uh, Just check me out. Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Did some live streams of some sim racing hot lapping I did recently. I'm hoping to get some more on that channel there too. And uh, I wish you the best. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. And tell me in the comments who you think's gonna win. Who do you think's gonna win? I say Sergio Perez wins from Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen. Who do you got? Let me know. Thank you. Episode two down. We'll be back with a race review. Episode three later on next week, hopefully Monday or Tuesday after the race. And I'll see you then.